Welcome back to the Scared Stiff Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty good today. It's going to be moist on our ends because it's fucking 100 degrees pretty much. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of sweat marks. Or I know I'm going to. I sweat a lot from my nose. I have, I have air conditioning, so I'm okay. I have a fan. I don't I don't care. Like, heat doesn't bother me, but, like, I'm going to glisten. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's going to happen. You already are. Yeah. I can see it. You decided not to put up the uh, the Evil Dead blanket today. No, because the fan's blowing. Because the fan's blowing, and, like, it's not very big. So it's just going to, like, show my background. And that's why this is here, to not show my fucking bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> well, my computer room. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you gotta make sure you have a bed there to take a nap in between editing. I, I changed the beds. I replaced the bed, so now it's way smaller now. Pretty sick. It is actually pretty sick here now. Nice. I do fuck with it, though. Alright, you wanna introduce the film? Because I think I've done it, like, fucking seven times in a row. Yeah, I'll introduce it. This is Scott's pick this week. This is the last of the of the birthday picks. And we're gonna be doing Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, we're doing Evil Dead again. I was like, I guess I missed the memo. Watched the wrong I guess I watched the wrong one last night. You know, I I must have hit the wrong one. Yeah, we're doing Evil Dead 2, which I, if I remember correctly, is your favorite, Scott. Yeah, of that franchise. I mean, it's one of my favorites of horror, and it's definitely one of my favorites of horror in the 80s. Yeah, it's in my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. If we had to pick favorite eras it would be a tough one but for me between the 30s and the 80s but i think the 80s would win and i definitely say of all films for horror it's definitely in my top 10 i I wouldn't be able to put together a list that shit's way too difficult like that that's something that like you do and then regret five minutes later because you're like i fucked up also like just with how many movies i watch you know i watch a lot of horror humble brag yeah humble brag yeah i mean that's how is that a brag though it's kind of sad isn't it But uh, with the amount, like, I watched a lot of horror movies this year for the first time, and I feel like, you know, when I watch a good one, I'm, like, still looking at my list and saying, ah, I feel like I should change this. It's just, like, lists yeah. are tough because they're just, like, they're so ever-changing a lot of the times, and sometimes you feel like you're supposed to stick to your guns on, on lists when you really don't have to. Yeah, I 100% feel like that, um, especially for, like, movies. I feel like, oh, I've, I've liked this for so long, I can't change my mind now, and it's like, what the fuck, I'm not... I don't owe them shit. <laughs> I can yeah, do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can make whatever list you want. If I want to say Ant-Man the Wasp is my favorite film of all time, I'll do it. Interesting for a movie. I've there. never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where to start with Evil Dead 2, though? Like, it is one of the, the, the biggest classics of the 80s. My favorite thing about the Evil Dead franchise is the question where to start in general. Not where to start with the films... I'm just being like, where to start with comprehension? Like, yeah, they're they're some of the wildest movies in the genre, especially from the '80s. There's I mean, like the a- only sequel that is a direct sequel really is Army of Darkness. Yeah, Evil Dead Two is a sequel in literally name only because they reenact the beginning of it. Yeah, and you haven't gone through Ashes Evil Dead, but not it all not all the way. It definitely talks about the events of the first film. And you can allude to stuff from the second. Obviously, he's got no fucking hand. But in this movie, that shit doesn't happen. Like, the stuff in the first film, like, the friends and the sister and all that shit. The only person that comes back in the beginning of this film is Linda. Linda. Yeah, and different actress. It's just really funny to me that in this world of Evil Dead, you can't say coherently these things follow together in any of them. Maybe uh, Army of Darkness, but there's still some inconsistencies in Army of Darkness, too. I'll say for me, and we were talking about this at work today, it is 100% headcanon, but to me, 
both these movies exist in the same universe and it's just you know because especially after watching this movie you can kind of walk back and look at at stuff that happened in the first movie and say well he's just reliving this night because they can bend reality and show you all kinds of different things so to me i like to think that he's just slowly going insane reliving this nightmare more than once because i mean like they can turn day into night for fuck's sake like i I just think that's a good idea it's there's nothing to base it off of really other than the fact that we know that the the demons and the deadites can the evil can control you know perspective i would believe that opinion if it wasn't for the fact one of the people killed in the first film was his sister because like to me it's like that's pretty important it's important in that film in itself. So yeah. not having that character in there and not being brought up at all in the second movie really just makes it me feel like it has to be, it has to not be part of that world. Yeah, like I said, there's nothing to base to, to, to really. Um, yeah, like you said it's headcanon. I get that. I yeah. understand. That. I just th- I find that to be especially because of how quickly he has like the sentence of madness. Yeah. Especially earlier on in the movie, you get to the point where he's like, you know, all the, all the shit's fucking, you know, the, the lamps laughing and the, the giant deer head is laughing and all this stuff. And it's just like, he's starting to go crazy. He's bouncing up and down with the lamp as the lamp's going up and down. And he's That's just like absolutely, scene. he's absolutely unhinged. So it's just like, it seems like he, like I could, I could buy that this whole thing is just making him crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. I love it. I love Bruce Campbell in this movie. Might as well just get to that now. Bruce Campbell's amazing. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff he does in the film that, you know, it's comedic, but he still has to sell very well. Like, when he knocks himself out with uh, the plates. Plates. But the hand, like, you really believe that hand isn't part of his body. Yeah. Like, the way he acts, it seems like it's absolutely possessed. And the way it drags him when he's knocked out, it, it looks so good. I'm, I'm watching that. I'm just like, I fully believe this is a sentient demon hand. And it's just some dude's fucking hand in makeup. Like, it's such a good job of portraying that. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, cause I, I read the, um, I read both of his autobiographies. And he talks about the, the making of Evil Dead 2 briefly. Uh, not briefly. He talks he talks about the, the making of Evil Dead 2. And it's, it's fun. I remember they talked about, I think they talked about how they did that effect where it's the hand dragging him. I just don't remember how they did it. Listening to him talk about some of the stuff that went on with Evil Dead 2 is really fucking funny. Because, A, you know, I've told you about this before, but that car is in every single Sam Raimi movie. It's Sam, I think it's, it was originally, I think, Sam Raimi's mother's car or something. And Sam just puts it in every single movie. And he hated it so much. I think it might have been on set of Evil Dead 2 that they had it just, Bruce Campbell hated it so much he actually had it taken apart. Like, just had a mechanic strip the car. Yeah. (laughs) And Sam should, he should have just it. fucking waited. It gets fucking demolished at the end of the movie. Yeah, and Sam and Sam just puts it. Sam made him put it back together. Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Raimi, as always, just brutalizing Bruce Campbell on set just because it's his friend. I think he wasn't supposed to do that. You know how he does? He grabs himself by the shirt and flips. Yeah. I don't think he was supposed to do that, but I think Sam told him to do it because he knew he could do it with like no padding or anything. He just you, you have fun flip. <laughs> This shit hurts too. Yeah, I have no doubt. Um, no fucking hardwood. Yeah, that's that scene is fucking hilarious, and <laughs> it all like he's dragging, he's knocked out, he's dragging him, and then he sticks the knife through his hand. He's like, "Yeah, I got you, you bastard." Yeah. So and he pulls awesome. up the chainsaw. Who's laughing now? In an iconic shot where just his blood spraying against. That's so feet. good. That's so cool. I watched this in 4K. I don't know if you did. I did. Yeah, it looks incredible. It looks really good. Impressive. I think everything holds up. The only thing it doesn't is like a lot of the the, the 80s effects. Some like, of like the the, the, the eyes in the cabin. 
Yeah. Some of the choices as far as um, like camera effects, like when they're showcasing the the manifestation of the evil, it's almost like the camera squishes in on itself a little bit when it appears through the doorway. It looks kind of dumb to me. I don't know really exactly. I don't know if they were trying to obscure the effect or something. Mm-hmm. But it do, it's very noticeable. It looks really, really weird to me. But whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, I think all but, the actual effects, though, look fantastic. Yeah, yeah the, the, the fact that they those hold up so well. I mean, like, this obviously had a higher budget than the first movie. But, like, they they, they took their budget and said, let's, let's use every dollar and put it on screen. Because some of these effects are amazing. Like, stop motion that they did is incredible. Uh, with uh, Linda dancing around with her head. That's so such a good sequence. Um, I really, think it's, really it's actually expertly done too. Because I, I was talking to you before about it today that like if you rewatch Dream Warriors, the stop motion in that I don't think holds up very well. The claymation looks very like jumpy or just like very slow, mm-hmm. but the stop motion in this is really done well. Like yeah, yeah I know it's not a real person. But when they bring somebody in to have the costume later on, I thought it was the same effect as the stop motion. I'm like, holy fuck, that's actually a real person, though. Because yeah. I see them doing it in real time. This looks amazing. Same yeah. with, obviously, the stop motion with Henrietta. That looks like stop motion. It looks like it's a fucking, like, Harry Housen film. But, it's obviously an effect, but it's, I, I like that kind of shit. Like, even if some yeah. of it kind of looks a little cheesy or goofy, I just like it. It's really cool. I don't want to use the word quaint because that seems like a like an insult, but it's it's a a reminder of a different time in, in cinema where you see effects like that. And those were oh, yeah. those were landmark effects back in the day, and they're still cool. I don't care; they're still cool. The, the amount of artistry that goes into those is, is insane. It's stuff that I miss stop motion. Like there's still some of it around, but not a lot. I mean, maybe in like indie projects, you'll never ever get stop motion in a bigger budget film. I, I think I think the Leica movies are stop motion though. Are they? I don't think they're. They may not be a hundred percent stop motion. Well, Kubo's think, Kubo stop motion. Yeah, I don't know if they're a hundred. Like if they're all a hundred percent stop motion, but they well, definitely. Let me rephrase that. I won't say that for animated projects. Animated projects you can do different things with. People will take advantage of it. But I just yeah. mean in general, like you'll never have another live action film that utilizes stop motion. Yeah, that is a big budget film or even a blockbuster. When it happens, it's very few and far between. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love stop motion stuff. So all that stuff rocked, and then just like when when the whole when the stop motion effect is done and it becomes like a real a real effect, all great. The masks are fantastic. The particularly um, was it Annie, Annie's boyfriend? Yeah. Or, um, his his mask with the fucking mouthful of teeth. Awesome mask. So cool. I think his um uh, no, it's not. Never mind. He's the packin with the NECA figure. Yeah, 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 I was trying to think of what his name was. I, I think I it might be Ed. I, I straight up remember. I was going to say it was like Jeff, but I know it's not that because the other, like the, the hillbilly guy, his name is Jake. But I know that because of the fucking musical. Because yeah. there's a song like, good old reliable Jake. Yeah. That musical is great. I wish I wish I could have seen that fucking musical. I, I'm, I'm actually sure they have like a, a rip from it from like a, a live performance. Probably. It'd be nice to see. I I just enjoy the music. I find it fun. Yeah, it's dope. I just, I'll never forget when you played me the fucking song. Like, oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What a stupid bitch. Yeah, I love that. I love wow. that so much. It was like wow. Animal. An animal? 
Really? I thought the thing you said before was the stupidest thing, but that's even dumber. God, what a stupid bitch. That's amazing. That's just a, such a, that's so wild. So, with this being called Evil Dead 2, it is Ed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But with it being called Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. do you feel for a new viewer they have to watch the first one? Or they should watch the first one before jumping into the second? You don't have to. Okay. You don't at all. I mean, the, the first 10 minutes of the movie, it's not exactly what they did in the first movie, but it, it gets you to exactly where the first movie ends. So it picks up right where the first one ends. Technically, yeah, the sequence so of events you, are different though. Like, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Linda doesn't get her head chopped off in the first one. No, no, they they show they show that's that's one of the first things they show is that he like they're they're going through she turns into a dead eye he cuts her head off with a shovel in the in what would be the first movie for them. Yeah, uh, and then he I know he does that exact scene, but it doesn't come back to play. Should I say? Is what I mean to say? Yeah, that doesn't come back to play in the first one. It comes back to play in the second one. Yeah, because after that happens, she's done with. Like Yeah, so. But the head in this movie plays out for, oh God, first, like, for the entire intro of it. Yeah, I would say you could, you could straight up, if you wanted to, you can start the franchise here. Yeah. I would, I would say that you should watch the first one just to experience it, but you could totally watch this on its own. It is, it is kind of wild looking at it and saying this is... Evil Dead 2, but it really is just Evil Dead 1. Yeah, and it, it's Evil Dead 2 pretty much in name only. It's, it's 2.5. This is probably the only time I could say that this is one of those films that would have benefited, like, benefited from having a subtitle instead of like a sequel, like a number 2. It actually does have a subtitle. I know it's, it's Dead by Dawn, Yeah, but if it was just called Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn, that might be better. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of funny because I, I believe like Bruce for sure because he's been asked this more than once. Um, but I think Raimi also agrees that they say this is a sequel to that movie. Yeah. Like, it, it is a sequel. Well, I'm sure... I don't know how it's a sequel, though. Like, they're, they're, they they completely... Like, I guess, like, I was telling you at work, like, it's it's a retcon sequel. Because yeah. a retcon that the first movie has the sister, the the girl, uh, the uh, the best friend and his girlfriend... They retcon them completely out and tell the same thing, essentially. But it's a complete retcon of Ash's character, too. So, the way I'm sure they see it, as most viewers who have seen the movie would see it, is that you just think the first movie happens, the retelling in Evil Dead 2 doesn't happen, and like you said, it picks on right after he goes through the forest and everything, through the the woods, smacks the tree. You, You can just picture that exactly happening but the entire first movie happens. I'm sure that's the way those two have it in their heads. Like, yeah, I mean, they're headcanning you, rip, you. You have to you headcan rip, in that. If you rip the intro out of this movie, yes. it is a sequel. Yeah, 100%. But the, the fact that the the the, the, um, the pre-credits, well, pre-credit sequence, completely retcons... The entire film. The film, and changes it contextually, it doesn't feel like a sequel when you watch it all, all together. Yeah. So it's like... Like I, like I said at work, it's like it's almost like it's supposed to be a sequel, but it's retconning the yeah. previous movie too at the same time, which makes it kind of not a sequel to it. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's weird. By default, it doesn't make it a sequel to it, but yeah. it's intended to be, and you know it is. It's intended to be because well, I, I think it's intended to be because obviously they didn't have the rights to the first movie. Yes, but they knew that if they called it Evil Dead Two, it would make more money because yeah. it's a sequel. 
It's not a remake. It's a sequel. Yeah, I, I don't think it's surprising the the way that this all panned out and why it's done a certain way. It's just if you want to get it on a technicality with the way the movie's done, with the way it's titled, like things don't line up together. Yeah. But really, who fucking cares? Yeah, the movie if, rocks. If I'm gonna say, hey, how does Evil Dead's timeline lay out? First movie happens, trip through the fucking woods. Evil Dead 2 starts off with the fucking zombified Ash Head. That movie plays out, gets sent in the past, Army of Darkness happens, she comes back, goes back to Esmart, and then Ash vs. Evil Dead happens. That's, that's how some, it would go to me. I always said there was some kind of explanation to tie the movies together. I feel like at this point, though, in the franchise, if you did that, it would feel contrived. It would. Because yeah. I feel like everybody knows like this is how it should be. This is how I see it. They don't. They don't need a fucking book. They can't probably read it anyways. I was like, if they came out and confirmed basically what I said, they I could. feel like that that makes it all work essentially. I mean, they could. They could do that. I mean, at this point though, it doesn't matter. You can't do that now. It's too late. Yeah. Like, it would feel really weird. I, I um, feel like if you, you don't fuck. Like, the thing is, you don't need it. Would it be contrived? Yeah. It's just the fact that so many studios, so many movies feel like they have to do that shit now yeah it's like they have to answer every question they have to answer like oh this doesn't line up and instead of saying i don't care go fuck yourself i'm not telling you everyone feels like well this is your responsibility it's like yeah i'll say in a lot of movies they feel responsible to answer questions especially after the movie's out yeah keep answering questions i would say that if they did answer this question it is actually beneficial or it could be it could be beneficial it could I, be because it's something that actually is kind of like a it would essentially be a continuity error between the movies because if you're supposed to take Evil Dead 2 at face value as a sequel it's a massive continuity error well every, like I said you cannot consider any of these things to fall in line contextually well because yeah. Ash vs. Evil Dead the show talks a lot about things from the first and second movie but it doesn't talk about Army of Darkness yeah that doesn't make sense Evil Dead 2 ends exactly where Army of Darkness begins. Like I said, there's some continuity fluffs, but like, he has to go in the past. He can't just not go in the past. And Army of Darkness picks up exactly where Evil Dead ends. So, you would have to say that every single film exists in entirely different continuity, and the show is in a different continuity, too. Yeah. It's like looking at the Halloween franchise. Like, how there's there's three different fucking timelines at this point or four yeah it's just worse with evil dead because there's four timelines and there's only four things out but but it's like there's evil dead one that's its own thing and then there's evil dead two and then that's its own thing and then there's army of darkness which ends up being its own thing too because they can't reference things from the other ones yeah and then it's ash versus evil dead which talks about the first one and second one as if they're both in continuity together with that one which doesn't make any fucking sense. The only two that go together realistically are two in Army of Darkness. I wonder if we would have ever figured out that shit if if, if Ash vs. Evil Dead didn't end. No. Don't, don't, don't think, think so. so. I, don't think it's, so? It's, it's first and foremost like an action comedy. Yeah. And I don't think they really care about that. Because you find out some other shit in the show. Well, about, even, like, even in characters. the first season, like, they're, they're building out the lore of the Deadites and stuff in, in the Book of the Dead. It's just the fact that they don't have the rights to Army of Darkness, so they never would have... Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if they're, if they're considering Evil Dead 1 and 2 to be 
canon with the show or ref or events from those to be together they would be implying that those two are together within that universe which those two being together doesn't make sense so if in ash in ash versus evil dead where they're explaining stuff about like the book of the dead and stuff if they could explain why those two movies can exist in the same context if the show kept going that could have been possible i'm going to say this much so we could go on about this separately for the movie for an hour i, know. I have so much i could say without trying to spoil the show that would lend itself to giving more answers to you but that's not why we're here and it's I know. not helpful it, i know but it, it's, it's, it's fun to talk a, about it's such a rabbit hole with this franchise it's it, such a it weird i love every movie in this franchise i love every single one of them but they are all their own beast <laughs> like, in my mind the only way to really connect actress evil dead with any of the, the series it could be the timeline of the first movie where events happen that are similar to the second movie but not the exact same events. That's all I'm going to say. It's I don't, so don't want to delve any further into it. I know. It'd be fun. It'd be a good discussion, but it's it'd be a the, long one. The last thing I want to say about that, though, is if you're connecting it to the first movie, he acts exactly the same way that he does in Evil Dead 2 in Army of Darkness. He doesn't act like that in the first movie. He so. acts way less like he does in 2 and more like Army of Darkness. Yeah, so it's, and that's not canon, so it's like, what It's the, the only one that they don't consider canon because of the rights. It's weird. I don't know. But anyways. It's, it's not even just weird. It's fucking stupid. But it yeah. is what it is. Again, I love all four of these movies. I love this franchise. It's. I think we mentioned this on a different episode, but it is possibly the most consistent franchise of any horror yeah. movie I've ever seen. We mentioned it in... All four of them are awesome. The Collector Outtake. Yeah, all four Evil Dead movies are awesome. So. Well, you also like the remake, and I don't dislike I it. I adore the remake. But I, I haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like I will rewatch it and still say it's decent. I, I think it's good. I have a low bar. Yeah. I remember really liking it out of theaters, but my experience to see that film was I had to sneak in because my cinema was cracking down on kids that aren't 17 going to see that movie. And I'm like, hey, fuck you. I'll buy a ticket to the host. And then me and my buddy went to the host. We're like, hey, let's get the fuck out of here and watch this movie. And we went to Evil Dead and watched the whole thing. And then when we left... They saw us walking out of Evil Dead, and I looked her in the face, and I was like, you can go fuck yourself. I wanted to watch it. I got what I want. Yeah, I, I had to go to a completely different theater. So yeah. I went to the, to the... I almost said the name of the theater. I went to the theater on the other side of... Uh, well, in the next town over, I should say. I know which one you're talking about. There's no yeah, problem I had with a that double bi- I had a double bill of that and another R-rated movie, not even a single question asked. Yeah. Our theater just was... They were assholes about that. I don't go to that theater anymore anyways. The one in our hometown? Yeah. It's gone. I was told today it's gone. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's done. No one Give fucked losers. Completely closed. It's gone. That kind of sucks. Someone new is going to buy it. 100% someone's going to buy it. It's fine. It it, it circles... It circles the... Like, the company's just... It's like the fucking fifth company to buy in the past 10 years. AMC might come back and get it again. (laughs) Who knows, man? But uh, anyways, back to the topic of the, of the video. We were talking about the effects of the movie. What's your favorite effect from Evil Dead 2? I, I think the effects of all the objects moving around at once when he's going fucking loony is awesome. I find that astounding. This movie makes me feel like a boomer for the fact that a lot of the times people say, oh, you know, you can't do things like you used to. They have fucking CGI and everything. And I say... Yeah, CGI can be useful sometimes, but it doesn't get annoying when there's an overabundance of it. But it's necessary. Don't be a fucking grandpa about it sometimes. 
Sometimes. Yeah. For certain things. This movie comes out. They have a giant fucking flesh monster ball looking like a meatball with a fucking tree arm come out. I look at that son of a bitch and I'm like, what the fuck is our excuse nowadays? Where's my flesh balls, huh? Like, where are these fucking, where are they? There's none of them. Like, you don't see I, that shit anymore. I think for and, me, And that's though, so fucking disappointing. I think for me, the more egregious one is, because um, one of my favorite effects in the movie is the, uh, when Henrietta gets hers. Yeah. Uh, no, not when Henrietta, not Henrietta, uh, when they stick, uh, the fucking hillbilly in the basement with Henrietta. Oh and yeah, the, the blood shoots out. Goes through. We like this this day and age, that shot would have been CGI. All the oh, blood would have been yeah. fake. It would have been absolutely fake. All the it blood shooting out of the walls the too, like in the uh, the beginning. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same. It, it's not the same. Because like I feel like that sequence would have been laughable with CGI blood. Obviously, it's an older movie anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But the just having the volume of blood blowing out of that hole is so it just lays into basically the idea of the movie though is that it's taking the horror of the first one and ratcheting it up to the line of comedy and crossing the line or going back over the line crossing the line going back over the line and that's just such a gonzo ridiculous sequence that just makes me laugh every time especially because that is the dumbest fucking character in the entire movie yeah he so he's the only character in the film that you could say objectively is bad. Yeah, he's like he's he does stupid shit that doesn't make sense. It's like yeah, like sometimes he does stupid funny things because yeah. he's supposed to be comedic relief. But when he takes the fucking pages, yeah, I hate that. I, I, it's it's the only part of the movie that feels like we have to get from A to B. How do we yeah. do it? We have some stupid shit that fills that purpose. Yeah. Like, they believe they need these pages to stop the fucking demons from attacking them and shit. So they have to read it out loud. Yeah. He says, fuck you, my girlfriend went missing, we're gonna go find her. And they're like, hey, she went out there, you're a fucking idiot, I'm not following you. He's like, well, I have a gun, and I took your pages, and I'm gonna throw them in the cellar, so now you can't use them. That shit's no good anyways. He tells us, yeah, he tells us the the person who studied this shit. Yeah, he tells the person who studied this shit and brought it to the table to begin with, yeah, this shit doesn't work. It's like, how the fuck would you know? And here's my thing. He doesn't die when he goes outside. Ash turns into the deadite, fucking smacks him. He head first into a tree and doesn't die, but... Pretty sick, though. Whatever, he's he's alive, and he doesn't look like fucking Humpty Dumpty for some reason. I love how they show his impact in the tree, and there's a fucking dent. Yeah. Apparently Apparently his head's the fucking same velocity and power as a bullet bill from Mario. I don't know. The Pachyosaurus from Jurassic Park. But he's he's okay, because when the girl's like waiting for someone to come through, she fucking stabs him. He goes, ah, god damn it. It's so great. But if he had the pages. It's so funny. Why couldn't it just be in his little pouch and he still gets stabbed, so he she could pull the fucking pages out after she pulls the fucking thing. Like, you didn't need to have that shit. Yeah. We didn't get to. We didn't get our our, our cool ass scene. Uh, you know, the whole like, ah, I've got to go oh, down and get those pages. No, even better though. Don't take the pages out. Henrietta steals them. The pages still fall down there. Yeah. And like, there's no bullshit. So he he gets. A, you gotta get that that fucking iconic scene. You you still have everything function the same if, 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 if he doesn't just... throw them in the cellar. Yeah. That I think that's just the biggest 
Yeah, it's just, it's dumb. It's one of those things where it's just like, we need to find a way to get this character to do this thing. So we'll just remove logic from the equation, period, and then just we'll do it so yeah, that we can get it done. It's it's movie writing. It's clear as day yeah, movie writing. I just think it's funny that, that they so. could change nothing about tossing those pages in there, and those pages still would end up in the fucking cellar. That's so funny. Yeah. And it's annoying. What yeah. the fuck? It's definitely like... We, we need to, to make this tense situation, so we're gonna force the logic to not be there. Yeah, I... It, it is the dumbest moment in the movie. Yeah, hands down. Uh, he, that being said, though... It's not... Still, it doesn't ruin the movie or anything. It's no, not even that no, bad. No. It's just... When you're watching a movie where everything makes sense, everything's fun, everything's powerful, everything's got a lot of energy, and that one thing doesn't, it stands out, is the only thing. This is one of those things where it's just like, wow, that was dumb. Everything else is so smart, and then there's just this one really dumb moment. Yeah, and, so and we're not saying everything is serious smart. It's just everything no. is like planned well, you know. Like yeah, it's it's all it's all they don't break like, their own rules. Something can be well written without being Shakespeare. It's 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 something that like everything like follows a progression, and it's why it's really entertaining yeah. and it works within the movies itself's logic. Things can also be poorly written and be Shakespeare. Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. I just mean his actual work. Some of them aren't that great. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. yeah, true. But I, I just, I don't know. That that seems bewildering to me. Just like we even talked about it at work. How whenever he loads up the the bullets, he you can count the shots. He never fires more than he loads up, except yes. when he goes back in time. It's the only yeah. time he doesn't reload the gun and he shoots it off. It's like. Hey, every other time I saw you reload, why are you now not doing this? I don't remember. I don't remember seeing him picking up the shells themselves. I know he did, but I don't remember the moment where he grabbed the, you know, the ammunition. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, where, where to come from? <laughs> well, he picks up the ammunition the same time he gets the gun. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't count how many fucking shells he takes. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck they. The, the, he fires an awful lot of shells. Three to four, the entire movie. Seven, there's several on his on the his disembodied hand. He shoots several through the house when he um. Oh. When he when he shoots yeah, at. Yeah, but a, the only other time he shoots no. besides the hand is uh, Re- Henrietta. Uh, at his head. And then the only other time is in the past. Yeah. So he doesn't. It seems like he fires it off a lot more, but he doesn't. And every time he does reload, except the last one. Yeah. Also, minute thing. It's just like if it's you ma- want to keep track of it, it's the only time he doesn't keep track of reloading. Yeah, it's magic movie bullet logic. It happens, and especially in the '80s, it happens a lot. It happens a lot more egregiously in other movies. Yeah, especially action movies. Yeah. Another also, effect I-, I love though is uh, we didn't mention it because I-, I tend to forget it's there. Is the tree? Like the tree is fucking. Oh, cool. it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Like when that thing shoots its fucking. Uh, roots out of the ground i'm like that's fucking awesome cool uh, like, I, like, they I'm not didn't have lie. to make that at all they wanted to when they when when bobby joe ran out there and she got caught yeah. by the tree i'm not gonna lie i tensed up a little bit because like i was like dude did i forget another tree rape scene yeah it's funny too because he they movie kind of plays with you it does i was gonna say like they have the one of the vines go like down her face like a finger I was just like, oh no, I yeah, forgot yeah. about this. I was sitting like, oh no, I forgot about this, and then nothing happens. I'm just like, saying, it's, it's a little fucked up. You don't see her after that, so I don't know what happens to her. Yeah. They drag her, and then that's it, and it's like, 
Somehow, this is almost just as bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was something like I was glad it cuts away. I'm like uh, they drag her away and nothing happens on screen. I'm like, oh fuck. I thought I, I th- honestly thought that I forgot another really uncomfortable scene was in yeah. the movie. I really wanted to talk about because uh, we talked about it at work today because I forgot about it and, and you forgot how long it was. But the fucking tracking shot, yeah. the big one, the big tracking shot. Wow. Every time it happens early it, on. Every, every it time happens, I see it, it always seems like it's so much shorter. But watching it in the film, I'm like this, this bitch is long. It's it's an awfully long scene, it, uh, an awfully long shot where it's just one continuous shot of you know the classic Evil Dead camera work of just like this really fast camera chasing Bruce Bruce Campbell. I almost said Bruce Willis. Yikes. Worst movie. Um, but the camera Ash just... Ash but bald. Ash but bald and angry and the sleepy. Evil egghead returns. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty. But this, the camera's just chasing Bruce Campbell through the house relentlessly blowing through doors running through a, like a, like a, almost like a um, like a crawl space hidey hole through the wall that I didn't know was there. It's it's insane. It's such a good shot. That just reminds me, like these these movies have some of the best camera work in horror. I, I would almost say he makes these movies as a way to find new inventive things to do with a camera, because yeah. some of these shots look like it's just him trying to explore new ways of doing a visual storytelling. Because I see yeah. shots where it's like, what is he gain by doing this shot except for just trying to find out new techniques? It just seems like he's just trying to fish for techniques. Some of them really like he. This is a horror comedy, straight up. This is a horror comedy. There are some scenes where the way that he sets up shots create a lot of tension. Now, I remember there's a shot. I can't tell you the specifics of it because it was, it was, um, I can't remember what part of the movie it was at. But he has a camera and he lifts it up above Campbell. This kind of reminds me of like the ending of the first movie where like he's like, I guess they're laying up in the rafters of the, of the cabin, pointing down at at Bruce it's just th- those those kinds of shots like no one does like no one shoots movies like Raimi does well, like, there's another simple shot that has no purpose but it's just like so unique is when he's washing like the blood off his hands in the sink yeah they use like a layer of like glass and they film under it and you just see him washing his hands yeah and it's like they don't need to do that you gain nothing by watching him wash his hands but for some reason it, it looks so visually cool yeah. Also, like um, the visceral imagery. I mean, we talked about how like the the recap of the first movie runs right into the second one with the you know the evil rushing after him and taking him off his feet and flying him through the the forest and slamming him into a tree and the shot of him just falling down into the water. Awesome. So cool. And it, re- it runs right into him revealing the evil Ash face, which is an awesome effect. I love the way that the evil Ash face looks. Yeah. That's, oh my God, I, just, I love how, like, when Raimi does a horror movie, he goes hard. One of and, my favorite artistic flourishes they do is when they're killing Linda, is um, they have the light turn red and flicker back and forth because the shadows are very striking. And it's it's yeah. like a quick two second thing, if that, but I just think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I agree. The, um... Also, just the way he utilizes shadows in the film in general. Because there's so many times in the beginning of the film where he's looking around the cabin and it's just his entire bottom half of his his face is just covered in shadows and his eyes look so pronounced. Ooh. This tight location, he gives it so much feel with the shadowing on it. I think it's fantastic. One of the ones also, one of the other effects I really like is the... Um... It's the the cloud is kind of wrapping around the moon as if it's blotting out the moon 
and then it's it's backing off. Awesome looking effect. I I also just really respect the fact that when the evil leaves because the sun, it just it's just done in reverse, obviously. But it, it works. But yeah, it works great. I, I love the fact that it feels like it's going in one singular location because it's coming from there. That's yeah. just really cool. I know it's just the, the film in reverse, but I don't fucking care. It works. Yeah, another another sequence I really like is the the scene where he's got Linda's head in the vice, and you know, he's got the chain. He's, he's he's looking for the chainsaw and all that stuff. Also, really funny gag because it, it, again, it's it's playing on the first movie. Where he you know flips open flips up the curtain or whatever and goes to, it grabs the chainsaw but he flips it open and it's not there this time yeah and they cut to a jump scare of the door slamming open with the the disembodied or the, the body about the head running through with the chainsaw he hits and he it. just not he knocks the chainsaw back and it cuts her body it's it's one of those things where like I was watching I think Patrick Willems was doing a video essay about horror comedy and he, he was talking a lot about Evil Dead it's it's a sequence. We talk about movies where like there's tonal imbalance as a negative. This movie is entirely a tonal imbalance. Like the whole movie bounces back and forth between different tones. But that's why it works. Like it's weird. Like the Evil Dead franchise is a weird outlier. It does things that movies usually shouldn't do. It's about the structure of the film though. In the way yeah. that comedy's done, like how many horror comedies are structured around jokes? A lot. Yeah. A lot. So if the joke doesn't land, you're fucked. Yeah. A lot of the comedy in this is the comedy of the situation, slapstick, or just like, I don't know, characters that should be taken seriously saying comedic shit. So like, you know, people talk about like longevity of comedy or things getting stale in 10, 15 years because, you know, that shit's not PC anymore. It doesn't hold up as well. Slapstick holds up well. You know, these are things that don't age. Like, some comedies, a lot of comedies in the 2000s, age like fucking milk. But the way this is done, it's structured where the comedy isn't built around a joke. It's not centered around the punchline. So you can easily structure this film around it and have the the styles mesh well. Yeah. It's just usually, like, when you think of two disparate tones, like horror and which are the different ends of the scale. It's funny, too. I I mean... well in this movie it's funny because like one of the the first time genres really didn't mix together in in general was horror and comedy like look at the Abbott and Costello films like they came out in what I think 41 was like the first one and then Abbott and Costello meets the Wolfman's 48 they obviously lend to be more comedic than horrific but that's the real first mixing of genres that became pronounced at an early point in cinema yeah and ever since then, it shaped a lot of comedies. A lot of horror comedies taken ideas from that type. I mean, you wouldn't get so much slapstick in this movie without stuff like Abbott and Casella. Yeah, and I just love how in that sequence alone, they show you just how, how well it all blends together because it goes from like him crying because he has to kill his girlfriend to jump scare, pure terror of that, of that body running in with a chainsaw yeah. to it falling down and doing this crazy just like brutal blood splatter of it just cutting itself yeah and then he picks it up and it's back we're back to like him being sad because he's got to kill his girlfriend and then he cuts her head and then there's blood spraying everywhere again and it's just like it goes all over the place but it all works same it's with all, the scene where he's just sitting in the room and he's going fucking crazy yeah i mean he's bouncing up and down and shit i, I mean it's really funny he's bouncing up and down but like you know the insanity of the situation you're just like 
dude, he's so fucking out of it's, it. Like, it's like what you're, you're thinking about. It's like it's funny. Like you're watching it. It's like yeah, oh yeah, it's funny. He's just he's just bouncing up and down with a lamp, and the lamp's for some reason fucking bouncing up and down and laughing with him. But when you're really thinking about it, he's snapped. <laughs> yeah, the only reason he gets put back sad. in like a, a regular mindset is the people showed up at the cabin. Yeah, it snaps him out. And even then, though, before he before he actually snaps out of it, he's still reacting wildly, shooting out into you know, out into the abyss. Well, he shot wildly because he heard them coming. Yeah, but he's yeah. but he's thinking to himself like he's still he's still in like fight or flight like I I need to defend myself mode, and he's shooting and he actually accidentally shoots Bobby Joe. Uh, in his position, I understand like he's he's freaked out. He just had to kill his girlfriend. Oh yeah. So he, he's he's freaked out and stuff like that, but um, it's it's really sad when you really think about it because he it's just like he's just he just snapped, he's just going fucking nuts now. Actually, not too far, not too long before that scene is when uh, they do the scene where he's looking at himself in the mirror, and they do the mirror effect where where Ash reaches through and grabs him on the shoulders. Awesome effect, yeah. so cool. You're so far from okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's I think that's when they start that scene. Even, even before that, it's when he cuts his hand off. A lot of him chasing yeah. the hand is like, like that. The hole where he, like the mouse hole, is designed to look like a Tom and Jerry hole. Yeah, it's straight up a Tom and Jerry act, and it's awesome. I love that. It's really funny, and he, <laughs> he fucking. What, I can't remember what, what did he do to, to piss it off or give, give him the finger. Jim, um, he hit he, the head, hit the mouse oh, trap. The, the mouse trap. He laughed at him. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fucking funny. It's it's just it's so. Oh my god, I love this goddamn movie so much. And I remember because we talked about this last year because I rewatched it around Halloween time for my my uh, my monthly marathon for Halloween. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It just I think it's lost its luster for me, man. You know, like I was like, yeah, I don't think I like it as much anymore. And you're like, and I want to say gave him a lot of shit for that for about a year. Of course he did. We usually do. It's justified. He's just bullying me as usual. Um, You'll tell them that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, don't worry, I'll cut that out. Yeah. Um, Better, no, okay. <laughs> but no, you you made you you justifiably, you know, was like, ah, I don't know if you actually think that, like, yeah, you're like, you're, I was like, you were like, I was like, yeah, you know, I was kind of in a in a bad mood, and you're like, well, that's probably why. And I watched it yesterday in a pretty decent mood, <laughs> and fucking loved it again. So yeah, definitely, definitely, still one of the best classic. Did you say you like it better than the first one now? Yeah, I think my 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 ranking went back to the way it was. I'll it was say originally, originally it was Evil Dead Two, I think Evil Dead One, and then Evil Dead Remake. Then no, no, Army of Darkness is higher than that. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, I had Evil Dead the remake pretty high originally. You um, had it at the top. It wasn't my favorite, was it? Last time you showed me your list, it, it was at it it was your favorite, and that's yeah. why I said I fucking mental, that. bro. But okay, I gotta rewatch that. See, that's the thing, like. I haven't seen that in a long time, and I remember liking it a lot when I watched it. But I feel like rewatching it, it would either not not hold us hold up as well, but like it wouldn't be much to make me feel like I want to come back to it. Versus, I feel like I feel ones. like for me, it would be tough to watch Evil Dead, uh, like the Evil Dead remake, after watching this in Army of Darkness because it's it a would complete, be fair. It's a polar opposite movie. Yeah. It is completely different in the way that it presents itself. That um, it, I feel like it would be a disservice to that movie to to marathon up to that because it's just it's a completely different kind of movie. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I love that movie just based on like technical merits and amazing visuals and 
awesome gore and great great I mean, main character great it's main not character. a bad movie by any means i think it's a really well-made movie especially for being a remake a lot of these characters have some heart to it and i i genuinely do really like it it's just like for the type of films that i like it doesn't hold much of a candle compared to the other films in the series yeah. but it's a drastically different type of film like you've said it's it's just yeah. like one hits my taste buds better because i lean towards more like comedic centered films and, and stuff like that yeah it's definitely well, more comedic mixed films i don't like pure comedies i like films that use a lot of comedic elements yeah i think one of the only ones like let's let's call spades spades zombie land's not a horror movie it's definitely no, it's, it's definitely flavored with the set dressing of horror but it's not supposed to be scary or anything so that's like one of the only ones i can say like a pure comedy that i know you like i i mean i used to love like when we were in high school, I would religiously watch comedies. I would, like, religiously... Wa- like, my most watched genre would be comedies. I'd watch it all the fucking time. Especially rom-coms, because my brain didn't fucking kick off until 17, apparently. Some of them are good, though. Yeah, but, like, they're all the same shit. And a lot of the times, when I'm getting through these movies, and I watch more and more of them, like, this is fun. Did I just watch this with two different characters? Yeah, it's the same fucking thing. And you'll say, like... I have a soft spot for this rom-com because it was my first one. And I'll say, you're right. You have to understand, it's the same shit as these other ones. At the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, I only like this because I biasly like these actors. That's why... that's why movies like uh, like 500 Days of Summer floor people is because it's not the way that most No, it's it's completely... Same thing with Don John. I mean, those are dramedies. Yeah, but they, are... but they definitely they definitely lean into the romantic comedy aspects too. Oh, for sure they do. And they and they, they attack they attack them very differently. They try, they try to give you the inverse. They they basically try yes. to go the way I... that it wouldn't like the way that it probably would go in real life. Yeah, I would say that's the perfect way to give it as an example. Like they are the inverse of a romantic comedy. Yeah, because most even, even 50 50 so... is like an inverse of a romantic comedy. Yeah, because it, it it has to be regarding the fact that the lady is torture memory loss. Um, yeah, but I, I would say like rom coms are sickly sweet often. Yeah, and having bittersweet endings like like Five Hundred Days of Summer and Don John, I think makes them more films with more texture and dimension. I agree. So and, and that's the part. I just think a lot of comedies don't put storytelling first and foremost. Like they no. fall into line, they follow a schedule, they follow a set plan, and as you get through it, it just feels like. There's nothing of real substance here. It's just the same shit. Can you like it? Yeah. By the end of the day, rom-coms are like what fucking Marvel films are. You like them. But are they pushing anything? Are you learning anything new? Did you really gain anything by watching this film? Most of the time, no. Sometimes, yes. There's outliers. There's always outliers in, in everything. Every time. But justifiably so you're not getting a whole lot with rom-coms yeah i mean it's kind of funny because it is it is kind of again like the other end of the spectrum with horror because a lot of horror like a lot of the stuff that i really enjoy in horror they follow formula sometimes yeah. that's good it, it, to me formula being formulaic is not a bad thing no, no no it's the way that you execute said formula that's the thing so the thing about formulaic horror films is that the one thing that will break the formula is how likable your characters are. Yes. The thing about rom-coms is that you have character archetypes that are followed, and there's character archetypes in horror films as well, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but there's more drastic ones. You could, you can like, I don't want to use this one, I'm going to use this one today. With rom-coms, it's like, 
how many fucking times it's like the guy who's kind of good looking but like is down on his luck the girl who's fucking smoking hot and apparently has shitty standards and also the guy treats her like shit most of the time but he's sorry about it she takes him back and she also has a bitchy friend who thinks this guy isn't good enough for you and she's right but you you, you've been through the film so you want to see them together and that's that's a fucking or and the guy has like a best friend who's like fucking stupid but he means well it's like this is the formula for a lot of them sounds like nick and nor's infinite playlist Yes. And I like that movie a lot. It is, like, yeah, they're not... The formula isn't justifiably always bad, but yeah. they're very similar. For rom-coms, they're very similar. It's like, the, a, lot of the, like a lot of the like 80s slasher movies we enjoy. They're the fucking same movie most of the time. Yeah, but the cast is different. The, the cast in every single Friday the 13th is so vastly different. Yes. None, like, you can't go from part three's cast of these teenagers to part fours and say, the same cast. They're not, and I, I'm sick of acting like they are. I'm sick of hearing, oh man, all the fucking teenagers in horror films are so fucking dumb they deserve to die. They don't. My, a lot of the time, you, I don't know what the fuck you're watching, especially in Friday, they don't deserve to die. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly, like, if you look at, like, two two slasher movies that I don't think were made that far apart, between the movies like The Burning, which you obviously haven't seen yet, and The Mutilator. The characters in the mutilator are awful. <laughs> like, like it's it's actually like the only part of the movie that's fun is watching them die because they suck and they're yeah. stupid. And then the burning, they're all awesome. Like they're all really likable, fun characters. It's even got one of the me- the members of Seinfeld in it. Um, um is, is it Dreyfus? No, it's um. She's she's done a lot of horror films. I'm pretty sure. Fucking bald guy. Oh, J- Costanza. Stanza, he's That's in it. Fucking it's awesome. One of his early I can't roles. wait to watch that now. Awesome in, in the burning. He's awesome. He, he's it. so fucking good. Yeah, he's a like it, it's funny, like two different two different movies from the same exact subgenre. That again, like they follow like, it's not that they're exactly like the same formula, but it is the same idea. Like, oh, we got you know, teenagers, they're getting drunk and then they're fucking Hell and yeah. stuff. And same thing <laughs> in the burning. Not so much the drunk part, but you know they're, they're horny. Te- some of them are horny teens, and they're all just trying to you know have fun and stuff. And there's a killer who shows up, but the problem is, is that one of them has likable characters you don't want to see die, and one of them has nothing. <laughs> and so. this is gonna be my circle back right now because guess Hell what yeah. has both of them? Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, <laughs> they've got likable characters you don't want to die, and, and one fucking people one. you can't wait to die. I don't really want Bobby Joe to die that badly. I it's don't most- think she deserves to have a terrible death. She doesn't do much. No. But I, I definitely wanted the hillbilly guy to die, for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. He's a fucking idiot. But, yeah. I love this goddamn movie. I'm so glad that I rewatched it in a better mindset. I kind of do want the boyfriend character, Ed, to die. He's so nothing, too. He's just such a nothing character. Well, that's why I, you gain nothing by him being alive, though. He is way cooler as a deadite. Like, yeah, him as a deadite with that fucking mullet. mask on, that like that the the makeup. The mullet oh, man. Oh, so good, dude. He's so cool. That's such a cool fucking design. I will say that's like the only one that breaks the rule in the universe is you never really see how he becomes a deadite, really. Yeah, he just becomes one. Yeah, because she throws him. She like she grabs his face, but that's that type of contact has never transformed someone into a deadite before. If I mean they don't show it though, he would like, have to die. If she scratches him, because they showed that in one of them, like she got scratched and there were, there was like she was all fucked up. So it was not impossible for them to do that, but 
It, it is kind of weird. She, he does just kind of. You have to have an actual wound. He also yeah. falls down and then gets back up. Because, like, remember um, the girlfriend character? Linda? Yeah, Linda gets stabbed in the ankle in the first movie and she still becomes a dead eye. Yeah. Isn't that? I, I consider, like, an open wound type thing. Yeah, I, I just assumed in my head, it, it, there's no evidence to support it, so it is kind of still screw up. But I assume that she put a, her hand on him and cut his face, but they don't show that, so. Yeah. Confirm it. Or so, she tossed him, he bashed his fucking head open or something. Maybe. He just became a deadite. That's like, the I'm, only one that's like. Complaining in the moment. To me, if, if I don't complain about it in the moment, it's not that big of a deal. No. If, if I had to really think about it afterwards, because until you brought that up, I didn't even think about it, honestly. Because I would I would have loved if they just like, it's like, oh, swallow your souls. They'd be like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, that did not come out of anywhere that I thought was possible. Yeah. Because I. I know who becomes a deadite in the film, and I haven't seen this in maybe like a year, year and a half. So I'm like, how does he become a deadite again? And guess what? I still Storm don't up. fucking know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, actually kind of remind me of the whole like swallow your soul, swallow your soul, and he fucking blows her head off with the, the boomstick. It reminds me not to bring it back to this again, but it reminds me of how like I don't know if in the remake it was an homage to that with the whole like I'll I'll eat your soul or whatever, and she says. You know, eat this motherfucker and shoves the chainsaw down her throat. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel like that's an homage. Oh, 100. It's awesome. I love it. But um, yeah, Evil Dead too. <laughs> I mean, it's not a wrong to go back and forth because <laughs> Evil Dead Two to this series is the template film. It's the tether pole. Like it's what connects it to everything. Yeah. Not everything is connected to the first one. Evil Dead Two is the most popular in the franchise, bar none. For a reason. Yeah. So when they're trying to connect things together, it also link back to this. Just like there's it a reason is, we're is. talking about this film. We could talk about fucking Tom and Jerry. I could talk about romantic comedies. I could talk about just random shit. You talk about the Evil Dead remake. Like this film has so much connected into it because Sam Raimi is a passionate filmmaker who yeah. takes examples of other things and then builds his films with it, and then that fucking spreads into other things. It's like a fucking. Ooh, it's a visual disease that just fucking impacts everything. Oh, now we're gonna hit that. Now we're gonna hit that. Now we're gonna hit that. He's just that type of director. I mean, everything he does has a staple on something. That's why his fan base is so fucking toxic sometimes, especially with Spider-Man. His whole deftly handling genres and different ideas translates into his bigger movies, too. Yeah. You know, like, Spider-Man 2, one of the most celebrated comic book movies ever made. You know, it has it has a sequence where it goes from superhero action to borderline horror with the birth of Doc Ock. Yeah, where he fucking kills all the doctors. Yeah, and it's it's straight up Evil Dead. Like, everything about it is Evil Dead. He's totally saying, like, yeah, I'm gonna have an Evil Dead. And even have the fucking chainsaw. Like, who the fuck uses that? Like, is that an actual medical tool? I feel like it's not. It's but so he just shows up with a fucking handheld chainsaw. It's like, that's totally supposed to be an Ash thing. And then it goes to the next scene, it's the whole raindrops are falling on my head scene. And it's just like, that's comedy. It's stupid. Like, yeah. it's, it's was comedy and then they go back to superhero actions like it's all over the place and i love it because like, he, he just... knows how to fucking stitch things together so well that it just works and like i said people under like, he's a great filmmaker and that's why his fan base is so fucking rabid you have yeah. these films that he did are such great films they have mind controlled people to believe spider-man's always been like this like this is yeah. like this is stanley ditko era i've read stanley ditko era this is not that as much as you think it is. There's definitely implements of it, 
It's definitely inspired by it. Yeah, it's, it's inspired, but it's not that era. Yeah. He's doing his own thing, and it shows and works. He's taking a template and working with it. Yeah. This is a different interpretation. And yeah. that's why it works. This is 100% a Sam Raimi interpretation. He yeah. takes flavors of other things and connects it together. Why else are you going to have a, see- a scene where he's fucking shooting his webs and he goes, fucking Shazam! Like... Yeah, I mean, you can tell he has has an affection for the source material, but he also wants to do it his way. Yeah, hundred yeah, so. percent. And that that showcases in all of his films, in Evil Dead especially, like the source material is other horror films that he's taken inspiration from, and other comedies. Every single movie you see that has the name Sam Raimi attached to it, you fucking know it's his movie. And one of the biggest inspirations I really noticed on this watch through was Night of the Living Dead. Hundred percent. There's so much when this film's going on where Ash becomes the archetype lead character, and he's so similar to lead from Night of the Living Dead, where the fucking hillbilly pretty much becomes the asshole dad character. Yeah. And, like, their repertoire, their fucking back and forth, just feels like it's ripped from that movie. Obviously, dialogue's completely different, the characters are completely different, but they function so narratively similarly. And they're trapped in in the cabin and all stuff they can't get out. Most of the time, they're in the cabin. Yeah. And they're getting fed up with each other. Yeah, and, and it's like the whole joke, like, if you go outside that cabin, you'll die. Just like in No Living Dead, you go outside that this house, you're gonna die. Yeah. Same so. with what happens to a lot of the time. Every time someone left that house, they fucking die. Yes. The only time they don't is if it's, like, planned. Like, obviously, Ash and not the girlfriend character, but um, the yeah. archaeologist's daughter character. Yeah. Like, they don't, but they're forced outside, and they try to go back as soon as possible. The person who forces them outside does die. It functions yes. very similar to that. Yeah. That actually reminds me of, of one of the funniest scenes in the movie for me. We talked about it at work today. It was when uh, after he's evil, Ash and scares the shit out of Annie. Uh, and they're inside and he's back to normal. Uh, she starts fucking swinging an axe at him. And he just, he's like, I'm okay. Stop. I'm better now. I'm fine. And he just stops. He grabs He's like, I'm okay. <laughs> and she just sits there. He's like, I'm okay. And then he lets her go, and then she swings the axe again. Yeah, I love that so much. Oh, it's so good. I mean, like, I don't blame her, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, that's I love re- the comedic timing in it. I just love Bruce Campbell's a fucking treasure, man. He's awesome in everything. Like, I've never seen him be bad. He's just great. I love him in Bubba Hotep. He's so funny. I still gotta watch Bubba Hotep. I I bought it. I bought the Blu-ray. So when it yeah. comes in, we should probably do it for an episode. I gotta watch Bubba Hotep. I gotta. I want to watch. Um, even though. Campbell does not like the movie. I want to watch Maniac Cop because he's in that. He's the main character in Maniac Cop. Oh god. So he's like, yeah, I don't really like that movie, but uh, yeah, it, I, I definitely did it. <laughs> it's done by the guy who did Maniac, though. Oh, he's is like, it? It's gonna be the, the gore is gonna be off the fucking chain at least. But yeah, I, I want to watch. I just want I want more Bruce Campbell. He also did a movie with one of the producers of this movie, I believe, it's a producer. And I think it was his directorial debut, where. It's a bank heist movie, but it starts the minute he gets out of jail, and it's an unbroken take for 75 minutes with Bruce Campbell all the way through. And it's in real time. It's just, it just it sounds amazing. Apparently, sounds it's impressive. really good. Yeah, apparently it's really good. So definitely want to watch that. I mean, he gives his all in every performance I see him do. But I mean, never es- especially as Ash, like yeah. This is when people think of Bruce Campbell. This is the role they're gonna think. Of. Oh yeah, I mean this or this or or, or bone note or, or burn notice. I and say. when they say Ash, they think of this character or the one from Army of Darkness. Yes, 
I mean, even he, if they even if they haven't seen them, they know. Yeah, they at least know the groovy scene. Groovy, like, uh, give me some sugar, baby. You know, yeah. like stuff like that. Or uh, um, your uh, what your, your what the fucking the, the Jack and shit line. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh fuck! Hold on, hold on. People know that one. It's like you're not you're not fucking thinking up Jack and shit, and Jack just left town. Like but you're you're leading two one of two things: Jack and shit, and Jack just left town. Awesome, so cool. Yeah. But that that character is so not the character from the first movie. It's insane. Well, even the one in th- in Army of Darkness is radically different from two. Yeah, like, they're all different. Every time, I'll say it's a gradual tonal shift. Like this film, he's very serious, but he's also very comedic in scenes. He, he's still playing. I wouldn't say he's playing straight man. He's playing the straight man, except when he's having, like, delusional scenes. Yeah, when he's having a mental breakdown. If if he's interacting with another character, though, he's playing the straight man. He's a straight man. He's he's the, the, uh, the, the, not stoic, but he's the, he's still, like, a charismatic character. But but he's the stoic. He's not a big jump. Strong male archetype character that was prominent in the 80s. Yeah, whereas whereas Army of Darkness, he's more of a, even more, like, charismatic, sarcastic dick. Yeah, so you could say in this film he cast an image of toxic masculinity, but in Army of Darkness, they make him fucking dumb. Like, like that's the thing. Like, you could say, like, yeah, I don't think I should be that stupid, but that's Raimi's way of saying, hey, if you think he's that strong and that great, he has to have a downside. He has to be fucking dumb. That's how he gets himself into trouble. So that's yeah. why in that movie, he is more comedic. He is more of the general... Badass it, character, but he's also like a lot straight dumber. Up, yeah, it's not like they straight up assassinate his character either. No, like, it's like a, it's like maxing out the stats for like a character. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it more charisma and more strength, and not okay, as much. Okay, I really gotta drop intelligence though to make that work. <laughs> yeah, it's like he he does very specific dumb things in yeah. this that end up being really bad. Yeah, <laughs> and then he has to correct those things, so he creates his own. Every it's self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> every single series, Ash gets fucking dumber and dumber. Yeah, he's pretty fucking stupid. And I mean, in, season of Ash vs Evil Dead. Yeah, in Ash vs Evil Dead, he literally just creates the evil by getting high and reading the book. I do still think that <laughs> is fucking dumb. I really don't like that as being the introduction, but it's it's funny. funny. It's really funny. Yeah, but I, I always remember like I'll, I'll never forget the shot of him like jumping into the air and catching his chainsaw. Fuck. Yeah, getting that dead eye—it's awesome. I also just like the the fucking metal hand. That yeah, it, it actually it actually articulates. That's another thing. It's similar to the one he wears at the end of, of um, Army of Darkness. It's the not first the one is similar. He changes the hand afterwards. Yeah, because it they, starts like, off it, just being like a gold hand like this. Yeah, but in I remember I remember seeing like he has his hand wrapped around the girl at the end. Yeah. So it's like he does have a hand that's similar. So it's just like you guys are like. The only one. So confusing. They can't. They're not allowed to allude to it. Yeah, I know. Don't you love rights issues? Yep. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you. I guess in the first movie, don't have good lawyers, or whatever the fuck their problem was. They probably. Oh, I think they said that they. Uh, no, was that that movie or maybe it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was like funded by the mob partially? No, it's a, it's a that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was funded by the mob. <laughs> the mob took the money and ran. I think we've pretty much said all we can really say about them. But what, what else is there really to say? Honestly, it's a fucking amazing. Uh, film. It's the same thing I said for the first one. I mean, the first movie, like we could gush about all the shit that's good in the film, but like at that point, just watch the fucking movie. 
Like, yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough bad to really talk about, honestly. Like no. all the stuff that's bad is so minute to me. Yeah, there's there's just like inconsistencies, and then there's just like one scene that I think hurts the film in a small way. Yeah, because it leads to a fun sequence, but it's just like yeah, and, and even so, like it doesn't halt the film to a standstill. It's just like oh, I would have done that differently. Yeah, everything else functions great. It's a lot of fun. There's so much visual just text to get from this film like there's so much just getting thrown at you you're gonna see shots you've never seen before in a film if you watch this movie and that's the coolest thing i know people that know some people i know don't even know there is a like a sequel to it they've only seen the first one it's like oh i I didn't really want a sequel i'm like do me a favor and watch the sequel this is such a cool fucking movie it's fun it's it, I wouldn't say it's terrifying or it's super scary, but, like, the horror implements are very well done. It's still got good scenes of suspense on it. Yeah, you're, you're stuck to your seat the entire time. You're always interested. It's a joy ride. Just sit down and enjoy the movie. I, I feel like this is a movie where, like, I, I feel it, I find it difficult to find someone who would not be at least entertained by this. Oh, I don't want to. I, I don't know. I, don't I know. do not want to throw them out on the episode, so I'll say it after. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I think this is an absolute blast of a movie. So, I am very picky about what I eat and drink on a daily basis. When I watched this movie, I wanted to sit down and just have a, a fucking bowl of popcorn, being like, I, I'm have I'm trying to have a good fucking time. Like I'm very critical. Like nah, I don't want to eat this. I gotta make sure my health is good for today. This is like one of those movies where I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to enjoy myself. I didn't because I'm poor. But I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely considered throwing some popcorn on and uh, and munching away. I Imagine some... saying you're so poor you can't fucking buy Orville Redenbacher. That's Pop- me right Pop- now. See, popcorn is literally one of the cheapest snacks. I just, I'm not just poor, boys. I'm lazy. <laughs> Tell that's your big bed. I'm toy the dynamic haul. duo of dumbasses. Leave me alone, dude. I'm poor and lazy. Tell that to your big bed toy store haul. <laughs> I, think... I didn't say is that a reason I'm not fucking poor. I was, I was going to say, why do you think I'm poor? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of too much else to say about the movie that I wouldn't be retreading ground more than we already have, so I feel like so, it's time to get final thoughts. There's one thing we didn't cover yet. What's that? We didn't talk about, like, first impressions or, like, gravitating towards the film, like, what got us to first watch it. My story is a little, I wouldn't say bad, but, like... Mine's well, kind of boring. Oh, you go with yours first. I literally, I watched the first one. I'm like, no, nah, there's a second one. I want to watch that. Oh, that's fine. I mean, that's... yeah, like I really, there was really nothing to it. Like, I, I, I mean, that's good though. I mean, I, I had, I had more of a relationship, like, a, like not like a relationship, but like I had more of a um... intrigue with the first. Yeah, because like I, I grew up seeing, you know, my uncle had a copy of it on DVD, and it was in his little like DVD holder, and I always walk by and I see that and Army of Darkness next to each other and be like what the fuck are those? Those look sick. Yeah. I never saw it. I I never even paid attention if there was an Evil Dead 2 in there. But when I was, I I think it was on Netflix, honestly. I was just, I was scrolling through Netflix. I watched the first one at one point and I saw Evil Dead 2. I'm like, oh shit, there's a second one. Let's watch that. And I watched it. It was cool. So my first step into the series was I went to my mom at the time's boyfriend's and he was a poor guy. You know, he used to have a big fucking like, like movable fucking statuette of Jason for like Halloween and shit, like one of those things. And I was like, oh, what type of films do you like? He's like, well, my favorite is like Evil Dead. And I'm like, well, I've never seen the Evil Dead films. Like, are they are they good? Are they scary? I'm like fucking, I don't know, like 12 to 13, maybe 14. 
So scary is like, you really, it's tough to say to someone like, is it scary? Because what is scary to you versus what is scary to them when they were your age? You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, well, Evil Dead 1 scary, but Evil Dead 2 has got some really scary stuff. And I'm like, okay, what what else is there? He's like, oh, Army of Darkness. I'm like, well, let's watch that one if it's not that scary. It's like, yeah, it's not that, there's nothing really scary in it. I watch that and I'm like, well, that's not scary at all besides just one scene where he's like thrown in the well or whatever. Well, yeah, that yeah. shit's pretty fucking scary, actually. That's more classy Evil Dead. Yeah. Still, still, you know, Army of but, Darkness. But, but yeah. after I saw that, I was like, well, this is fucking awesome. I want to watch the other ones. And then I watched them like, this isn't scary. This shit's just fucking good. And the second one, I've said when I first watched it, I wasn't over the moon about it. I thought it was good. But I've always liked the first movie better. I thought the first one was a better movie. It was more intriguing, more interesting. And every time I rewatch it, I'm like, somehow the shit gets better and better and better. Because as we get older, we learn more about films. We learn more about not just the making of this film, but just films in general. Or like how important a film is when it comes out and the more you learn about it the more this film looks fucking amazing every single time it's like somehow as time goes on this film gets better and better not just i'm enjoying it more but contextually it's more impressive i don't know if you have audible or not or if you want to just get a like a, a physical copy of it but you gotta read bruce campbell's books i do have audible and i could do that i think it'd be way easier They're awesome. and he narrates them it's awesome he even gives a little asides off script they're not even long are they like what two three hundred pages yeah they're, they're short i think it, i think they're like maybe 10 hours maybe i mean i could have got his newest one but i instead of getting the autograph book i choose to get the necronomicon signed by him so. i just hope he, i just think more when okay, it comes back yeah i need another book no i no oh, i love uh, Book. I was like, I'm pretty sure he lives in Massachusetts. You know, he he gets one every. He puts one out like once every like, I don't know, a decade or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember. But like, he puts one out every once in a while. It's just like I want another one because he's just his yeah. life is fascinating. Like all stuff. But yeah. Another thing to talk about before we end the episode is I've mentioned before how I went to the Evil Dead convention. Or not Evil Dead, but like the the convention, the convention where I met him at, and I, and the people in front of me were also Evil Dead fans. Obviously, the fucking three hour line I had to wait through, which I would have not met him and gotten his autograph if it wasn't for this one person that we see frequently at the horror cons. Yeah. He's like, oh, you better go now. The line's gonna get crazy, and later on today it's gonna get worse because there'll be more people here. So I was like, okay, I'll go now. I waited in that line for two and a half, three hours. The people in front of me had, you know, actual like brick from the foundation that the first cabin was on yeah and you know that's cool in itself but i got to know them it was cool later when we left the convention we ran into them and we were getting food we just had more of a conversation and it's like that that happened because of evil dead you know what i mean like i had the interaction with somebody because of evil dead that entire line took so long because he's interacting with his fans and as he's talking to them you hear the conversations they're having and it's just as intriguing if not even more fucking intriguing than your conversation you had. This franchise is personal. It's easy to want to watch the next one and say this is a good movie, but the more you get into it, the more you talk to other fans about it, they're not just horror fans. They're just they just there's something so super fucking like cool about Evil Dead fans where it's like this is just batshit insane and I've got so much to talk about and you just yeah. talk about this shit with them and you have a great fucking time. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head too. Is like it's, it's an easy franchise to just like 
I watched this one. I got to watch the next one. Like I told you this morning, I was like, you know, I finished Evil Dead 2. And honestly, I really wanted to watch Army of Darkness. Yeah, right. it's tough to not want to watch it at the end of this film. Yeah, man, like you were watching it super late. It was almost midnight when you were done with it. And you were like, I still want to watch Evil Dead. Yeah. I watched Army of Darkness after that. And I, I was tired it. when I started the film, too. I was like, you know. Yeah, I was, maybe, too. Maybe I'll pause it and I'll watch it tomorrow morning. I was like, I'm not fucking pausing this. I'll, I'll tell you what. I started the movie out really tired. And I was like, ah, oh, I might fall asleep, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can if I can do this right now. I might have to take a nap yeah. and watch it later. Once shit really popped off after the recap, I was wide a fuck I was fucking wide awake that's what I call monkey syndrome yeah. one because our dumb fucking monkey brain gets hooked onto it it's like and you just get focused but second because that happened to me when I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in theaters where I was fucking tired and I watched the entire movie and didn't blink yeah so it, is it, was, like, it, it was one of those things where it's just like it was it just perked me right up it was like drinking a cup of coffee I was just like yeah. bam I was up I was paying attention I could not take my eyes off the screen not a lot of things can do to look a good film. You could be fucking exhausted out of it, and you have one thing that's just so good it keeps your interest. You're like, I've got time. Yeah, pretty much. Now we can jump into final thoughts. You want to go first? This is your pick. So. I'll end it. I'll end it off on it. You'll end it off. Okay. I mean, what, what? I mean, we spent this entire time gushing about how amazing this movie is. This is a borderline masterpiece. A lot of people would call it a masterpiece. Um, I'm definitely in that camp. I'm glad that I watched it on a better better terms this time. Everything about this movie rocks. You know, there's little minor minor quibbles I can have with it, but this is a classic. I love watching this movie. I definitely plan to watch it again this year at some point, probably maybe around Halloween time. Um, it's just it's it's got a great ambiance about it, good spookiness. It's an absolutely batshit insane movie. This movie's just fucking awesome. It's one of those compulsively watchable movies. You just watch it, you just want to keep going. Awesome. If I had to score it, I'm just gonna say five out of five. It's, it's great. Yeah, I I don't know if I've I'll start off with my score because I don't know if I've given a fucking ten out of ten or anything yet. No. Or five out of, I might have for American Werewolf. The closest you came is American Werewolf, I think. Yeah. This film to me is hands down fucking ten out of ten f- murder fingers. Like I, I I don't know what else to say, like there's so many things that my life has led around when it comes to horror, going to conventions, getting interactions, and just like, you know, a lot of my relationship with my girlfriend is built upon these horror series. Going to see films like Creature, going to Salem to visit people there, or just like enjoy the ambiance, going to this convention for to see Bruce Campbell, and a lot of that comes with the fact that like I fell in love with films, specifically like Evil Dead 2. And, you know, we're supposed to be as unbiased as we can be when we say, like, this film's just a good movie. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is a good fucking movie. And I can tell you, as a movie, maybe it's probably 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10, but I don't fucking care. To me, there's so much personality that lends itself in this film that it directly affects my personality. How I see comedy is affected because of this film. How I take seriousness in tight situations for horror films and how I want to see my horror films be portrayed a lot of that comes down to how it's done in this film yeah evil dead 2 to me is a masterpiece because it sets in the mind of simple can be better but at the same time we can always do so much more it took everything evil dead 1 was with being simple and, and making it work and said we can make it work but we'll just put some spice on it and it's like holy shit now that's what i call a fucking meal yeah it's cranked up to 11 everything's so, great 
every time I watch it, I'm always shocked by how much more I like it, and that's never gonna change. And I'm I'm glad it's one of my favorites. That's never changing either. I'm glad I'm glad you picked it. I mean, I knew you were gonna pick this, but I'm glad you picked this one. Yeah, we never will have another point where it's like easy to throw it in there. I, I would say, and we already did the first one, and there's a lot of other films I could say it's my my favorites I want to cover or like. I could do like a classic, like Invisible Man's one of my favorite horror films, but I said, what, what the fuck, man? I, I haven't seen a good 80s horror film that I love in a long time that I haven't tried to binge. Let's just watch a movie today and have fun. Yeah, I'm going to pick this bad boy. Yeah. And so. sometime, hopefully in the future, we'll find a, a place to slot in Army of Darkness and um, in then the remake will eventually. You know, yeah. I think there's going to have to be one point where we just cover newer horror films in general because it's going to be that's when we should cover Yeah, even if we wanted to do like a remake month at some point that'd be cool I I want to cover a few other things before we do that I mean if we did a remake month we know the four we're going to pick probably Evil Dead we'll we'll not do this yet we could actually I'll shut the fuck up (laughs) Uh, yeah okay so that's our final thoughts I love this movie. Mike loves this movie. I really hope you check it out. I know it may seem... Oh, it's a fucking old horror film from the 80s. It can't be that great. Fuck you. Watch the movie, please. I enjoy it. I'm sure you're going to have fun with it. And thanks so much for listening. Please check in with the next group of videos we're going to do because that's really interesting. We're going to hop into a little shed out in the woods. Maybe some knives. Maybe some masks. I don't know. Dead children. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Bye-bye.